The whole point of our warm up is to laugh by the end. Yeah, of it. I think it's the best we can do just to laugh. Yeah. Laughter. Okay. Big topic today. Yeah. How to be happy and rich. Right? Yeah. So this the inspiration for this was the video on the Philippines that you were watching last night. Yeah, I saw very, very poor people that live in a just shelters and really without no facilities like water or, you know, just barely kind of food and clothes yeah. but what was very nice to watch was their interaction there are many of them there were like wedding ceremony and uh, you know there, there was so there was so much interaction so much laughing uh, or emotions and children running around so it was very alive yeah like these poor people seems to be much more alive than the people i met in you know western society right where we are so separated if you go to some public place like a bus or train everybody's focused on itself or reading something we are like closed you know I know what you mean. Everybody likes their privacy. Yeah, and there's uh, walls around houses, cameras everywhere. Um, It's pretty far away. And it's actually, for me, it's sad. What I feel... Yeah, we both really like being with people. Yeah, I think so. That's my favorite thing from living in Africa, too, is exactly what you're describing. It's just there's people about all the time. And they're genuinely... Usually they're pretty nice and... Yeah, you can have these open, little interactions. Yeah. M- much more easier for interaction. Yes. They're more open and interested in you. Who are you? What's your name? Where, yeah. where are you from? You know, they yeah. are like, really. Yeah. I was so surprised. First time when I was in Peru, I think, in a kind of poor village in, in the mountains. And people seems to me to be so happy and have the sparks in their eyes. And I thought, my God, this is so strange that poor people can be so happy. So. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a great question. So, basically, like, this, this conversation spurred the idea of, you know, do we even have a lot of role models of people who are really materially wealthy and happy, satisfied um, in their lives, we actually have a lot of counterexamples. The ones which are most popular are the ones in the media of singers or actors who either have addictions or many divorces or yeah. troubles with relationships. Yeah, broken or, families. Um, yeah. yeah, whether it's alcohol or drugs or huge problems trusting people, which I understand. I think I would too. How do you know if somebody really wants to be your friend when? You're constantly suspicious that they just want your money and your fame. Yeah. I mean, it's it's hard. So, it's it's and it's funny. And then that got me thinking about children's stories and different fables around the world. Although I don't know them all, but some of the ones I think of generally make the rich person out to be the antagonist. The rich person is the bad guy. 
Mm-hmm. It's usually a man. I'm thinking mm-hmm. of children's stories, oh, okay. rolled doll, or mm-hmm. other stories where the rich person is is either shown to be like super fat and gross and mean, or um, or really like like a skneta, angry, angry suspicious. Yeah. Like there's a lot of these connotations that we no. grow up with, and at the end of the day, it's really rare in real life and in stories to meet somebody who's really materially wealthy and also a nice person. Yeah, and also a person that, that is open to regular relationship or joy of life. Yeah. Because I've met some rich people, but they are very busy usually, like from early morning to late evening. And which... Yeah. <laughs> Which, which means that they naturally have less relationships because you don't have time for it. Yeah, or just business relationships. Yeah. And they're pretty anxious about their possessions and, and money, actually. Right. When I, you know, talk to them more openly. Yeah. So uh, I felt confused for years. Maybe still. I still feel confused. I still I am. Yeah. Because the happiest people I, I've ever met. These were people from very poor countries and the areas where there is nearly no tourists and you know people from Western culture. Yeah. So I wonder, you know, how to live, how to have this uh, good level of life and still come back to this happiness of yeah people that probably was maybe more natural thousand years ago I suspect I, I'm not sure of course but and happiness is such a subjective term as well because we're just talking about well-being or it's yeah, tricky but, it's quite tricky but you see if we, when we begin to explore planet and discover this let's say wild people so-called mostly they were very happy people what I've learned what I've read and living very simple life, having own rituals, but they were pretty happy with their lives. They the have nature. their community. Yeah, yeah, they know their place in the community. Exactly, they have community, they place in community, they were close to the nature. Yeah. So, and, and, and the rhythms of, of nature and life. Yeah. So, so, actually, from my perspective, if we consider happiness and joy as a, as a value, as a measure of richness of your life yeah. they're much more uh, rich than we are in western society when you have so much so many possessions houses cars you know so many things in our ha- houses but still people don't look happy opposite i would say hmm. i remember communist poland and my impression is that people were more friendly at some on some level those days. I mean, more more open for community life. There were not so many walls and yeah, people and would get together to and play and cards no. and kids would play soccer in the streets. Yeah, as a kid, we were running around. I know uh, all kids from neighborhood, and you know there was a lot of fun together, yeah. playing every day. Yeah, there were no walls, you know, and this limitations you can go into any courtyard or you know yeah this question of it's it's such a great topic is as you know i've i mean i've i've lived in in some pretty poor countries Mm -hmm. and deep down you know it, it was also i was also asking myself the question you know 
who is happy? Are we happy in the West or are they happy? Or, you know, who's really suffering more? Because there's different types of suffering, really. And I don't know, like, I, I, I seem, in my, in my own little analysis, I seem to often come across the theme that a shared hardship brings people together. One of, some of my favorite memories from Dakar is when we would have no power, there would be a power outage or there would be a water outage. Mm -hmm. And then often folks would call each other up and, hey, do you not also not have water? No, I don't. Oh my God, it's gonna be crazy. How, many, how much reserves do you have? I don't know, maybe like 10 bottles. And, and then we would be laughing like, oh, we'll have to shower in the ocean. This is hilarious. You know, or, or I would go over to my neighbor's house on a power outage and we would light candles and we would make puppet, pup, hand puppets with the shadows on the walls with her kids. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It was so fun. Like the funnest, so it's interesting how taking away certain mm -hmm. privileges like running water and electricity mm -hmm. um, for a short amount of time mm -hmm. was inconvenient, but it was also really fun and it brought people together. Yeah, so I would observe these things and I would really, I really wonder <laughs> about exactly what you're saying. Like I love modern conveniences. I really love running water. I would be mm. upset if I had to walk to a well <laughs> and carry back, you know, 50 liters of water every day. It would take a lot of time. But um, you know, there's there's something to be said for the simple life and and not having all these conveniences and enjoying things like that. Camping, for example. Oh, yeah. I remember the first time I told my Haitian friends in Haiti that Canadians like camping and they were like, are you guys crazy? You have beautiful homes and you go to sleep in the forest under a piece of plastic? They were like, are you insane? He's like, no Haitian goes camping, <laughs> right? Because Haitians are, you know, they, they some, some they of them are, like, are quite poor. Not yeah. everyone, but yeah. some people are, right? They live like, like they're camping. And they dream of having a home and we have a home and we dream of going camping. It's pretty funny. It's actually quite funny. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we look for something different. Yeah. I don't know. But for me, the, like, the most surprising is that these poor people could be more, much more, look, at least look for me, much more happier than we, we, we are. We are often. Yeah. I, I begin to my search for happiness and joy and peace in life some years ago and i think this motivation was this peru trip and trip to peru and and seeing this poor people in the mountain living so good i mean with this energy in their eyes this spark in their eyes so they were like strong like men were like pretty strong you know keeping together doing things together women gathering together. I see that they had a lot of interaction in the village. Shows how important, how much joy community life gives us. Exactly. So I begin to wonder what does it mean to be rich or to be happy? Yeah, how do you define? And actually after many years of looking here and there, traveling a little bit or meditating, looking many investigations, I, I I find out it's not so obvious. No. I, mean, I mean, definitely mat material things are important, but to some level, just to have some food, water, you know, clothes. Yeah. But I don't feel more happy when I have more. And like more. And a lot of people actually, myself included, we feel more stressed the more money we have. 
because I feel a pressure. Oh, I need to invest it. I need to be wise with my extra earnings. You know, it yeah. creates actually more stress, more pressure. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this is kind of mind tricks. Mind tricks. Yeah. So what what I'm doing since several years, I just focus on meditating or exploring my subconscious through painting or uh, nature. Nature is beautiful. And, and just look, where is this richness? Where is this uh, happiness in me? Yeah. Because I felt so, so much ex- anxiety yeah. in my normal life. They thought there is something wrong. It's, I mean, it shouldn't be like that. Why I cannot be peace, in peace and joy, naturally? Hmm. I see sometimes this in children, like they, are, they have... They have emotions, they have anger, but it goes pretty quickly. And then they, they jump naturally into this joy, peace, creativity, openness, curiosity about life, things. Yeah, everything is fresh for kids. Yeah. And so if I consider that richness and is measured by joy, openness, curiosity... Well, children are far wealthier. Children are, yes, far yeah. wealthier. Than we are, yeah yeah totally yeah well how do we get <laughs> how do we get, so if a childlike energy is your personal definition of wealth and i would say that's a big part of my definition also how can we cultivate more childlike energy in our lives i think that like for me direction is what i like to do what i really like to do yeah and just do it every day even for a while, you know, like walking barefoot on, on the grass, yeah. or being in the forest, looking into or smelling flowers. These are my hints. This yeah. is my <laughs> way to it. be happy. Looking, you know, the clouds on the sky. Yeah, just simple things. But that, that brings joy. Drawing. Yeah. I love creating. Creating. I yeah. feel it's such a privilege. Um, actually, if we can really use our wealth, our material wealth, in a way that supports us and gives us time to create and to explore our hobbies, mm-hmm. that is true wealth to me. Yeah. It's not that easy. I mean, no. just yesterday, it's so <laughs> funny because it's just not, it sounds so simple. But just yesterday, we were sitting down over pizza uh, during our lunch and we were like, okay. What ha- if we don't make time for our creativity, the day just gets too busy and we end up doing other things. So we need to make time for our creativity. Even yes. though we have enough abundance, thank God, you know, to, to allow us to work part-time or to mm-hmm. have extra time for other activities, it doesn't just happen on its own because the mind gets so easily distracted. Yeah, yeah, yeah I see. My, my mind is, has this tendency to worry. Oh yeah. About the future. I mean, this is like pattern coming back <laughs> every day. Which is so ridiculous because every worry yeah. I've had in the past has never come true, basically. Yeah. Almost every worry. Yeah. So, like, I think it's very important just to observe this and be aware of these patterns, because you know it's so easy to be in, in, involved in this worrying. So imagine we have like. Tw- 12 hours, 14 hours a day. And if unconsciously we worry most of the time, I mean, the life is pretty miserable. Like, yeah. Because these thoughts bring emotions. 
Yeah. Fear, worries. So even scientists, I think, discovered that these emotions we call negative makes different uh, pH in our body, mm-hmm. changes the you know the like, system. Yeah. And it's like more open for diseases or parasites. Lowers our immune response. Exactly. Yeah. And opposite peace, joy, happiness naturally brings our immune system in a stronger position. It's, it's much better. Body is much healthier. So it's very ironic. The less you worry, the less you actually need to worry. Because the stronger it, you are. Yeah, and opposite somehow. The more you worry, the more you should be worried. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Because you're screwing things up for yourself. Yeah. Without meaning to. Yeah, it's like a you know, vicious circle. But, it really is. But it's our mind and it's like a tricky mind. Mm-hmm. So I do self-observation for many years and still my mind tricks me. Mm-hmm. Like This is unbelievable. I think I am more or less conscious person, but still there are moments that I, <gasps> I'm shaking because my mind jumps, you know, with crazy thoughts about money, about future, and I begin to shake instantly, like I'm so scared. Yeah. Like my, a few thoughts can scare me t- so seriously that, that I can't believe in it after a while, but, but yeah. it is so. Yeah. So, like... I find it very important to just just catch this thought that they are. Yeah, it's just, a, this is a thought. Yeah, so just yeah. to know this is a thought. It's not reality. It's not absolute truth. Yeah. Absolute truth is here and now. Yeah, we can say like that. If you will. But it's easy to say. <laughs> of course. But our mind is constantly running about. Exactly. So, you know, there are many teachers that teach about power of now like a cartola and others i mean most of them i guess spiritual teachers and they teach about being present but easy to say but but i think but to practice we, there is important to find your own practices yeah exactly yeah. And, and they usually point to some direction that is this presence happiness but it's for me it was some kind of abstract years ago because okay okay I intellectual I understand stuff since many years and what yeah. but it doesn't change my situation I mean right it's not so enough much. you need to put it into practice yeah this is this is why creativity is such a game changer for me because even now when we're creating because we're creating a podcast I'm more present here and now and there's less space in my mind for analyzing the past and worrying about the future So this is, you know, this part of the reason that I Mm -hmm. feel so good when I create and I feel so good at the end of the day when I have spent time creating is because I have been more present now. Okay, so this looks like your tool for being present. That that in my body, that's a whole other. Uh For me, uh, yoga, dance, making love, anything that involves being present in my body also makes me much more present. And so there is almost no thought or very little thought mm-hmm. of past or future okay because we are more so focused on, yes. on the present activity yeah like working doing something i use like uh, yeah work physical work as, as a practice so yeah. also because i need to be present to concentration you know, yeah to, to be concentrated to, to do something with wood or walls and yeah 
it's no no if i'm not concentrated i immediately hit my finger or do something wrong and, and it's, it that's painful yeah. exactly and that's yeah. painful so i cannot afford not to be focused yes and therefore you focus and that's yeah very helpful yeah 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 so i think so that, that's that's funny because it makes me think of the camping thing again so when you're camping you need to find water you need to make a fire you need to put up the tent it's actually quite busy you're constantly doing something yeah, and, and you very need to physical, focus yes it's, it's a very physical yeah, activity with your body yes and that again that leaves less room in the mind yeah because for, you need to be focused yes to, in order to, to do it right yeah to make fire you need to bring some wood there are some some things to do yes yeah and you need to be more focused on this however you have a comfortable home running water a hot stove there's a lot more space and it's not good or bad Mm-hmm. But there's a lot more space that opens up for your mind to start wandering. Wandering over here, wandering over there. I'm not so present anymore. I'm cooking my eggs, but my mind is five years from now. Yeah. So it's, it requires less focus because it's safer and it's more convenient. Yeah, you can watch TV, but you know, it's not very challenging. No, it's passive. Yeah, it's very passive not involving at all. Yeah. yeah, so I think from time to time it's good to reduce the comfort yeah Hello? it is yeah I, I sorry i keep interrupting no it's okay I'm, I'm signed up to this great newsletter for stoics stoicism uh-huh. um marcus aurelius and, and many mm-hmm. different philosophers yeah. throughout the yeah. ages and they said that the stoics they like to take three days in the month to live very simply they say he's living the guy is living in his big house with a lot of things mm-hmm. he packs a tiny little bag with like two shirts and two pairs of underwear and his mm-hmm. toothbrush and like oatmeal and that he eats very simple food and he sleeps on the ground and he wears his two shirts for three days and he lives as if he was poor he lives very humbly Mm -hmm. and then he goes back to his abundant lifestyle but switching you know switching the comfort off for a while even when he's in his home yeah that's a a pretty cool practice i think so i mean i discovered this when, when traveling to poor countries and i enjoyed so much I'm traveling with tent, eating simple food. Me too. Having just uh, not much money. Yeah. So I I come back like refreshed. Yes. And I say, oh, water. You can enjoy the Hot abundance. water. Yeah. It, I, when I was traveling in, in Hawaii, probably for two, three weeks, I have no like uh, hot water. So yeah. when I finally have a place with hot water, I was enjoying this so much. It is it's such a great unbelievable. feeling. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God, hot water. Yeah. Such luxury. It is. I yeah. know. Yeah. For Haiti, for about six months, I was taking a bucket shower with cold water. So the first time I had a hot shower after six months, I was like, ah, this is a miracle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's so refreshing. Yeah. So I think this is generally a kind of fasting we need in every area of, of our life. Yeah, yeah, notice that fasting is a common theme in all religions too. How interesting. Yeah, I think every wise person is talking about fasting on some level, like fasting from food. Yeah. Fasting from from uh, abstinence from sex sex yeah. yes or too too many Fasting distractions from, yeah vipassana so, uh, meditation yeah whatever just a little break from watching tv watching news watching whatever yeah we do every day this is i think very good yeah yeah interesting 
or the um, well, the offline house in Portugal. There's there's a bunch of them around the world, but taking an internet detox. Mm-hmm. Some people that I know who work online regularly, for example, every Sunday, they consciously go offline. No social media, no internet. Mm-hmm. I mean, you appreciate the internet so much more. Yeah. When you don't have it all the time. Recently, actually, I, I, I've met kind of break from social media last six months. I, mm-hmm. think. I barely see anything just for a couple of minutes. And it's so good. Feels great. I mean, yeah, feels like I gain a lot of time. Yeah. I use. <laughs> so true. So, so other things that are more productive for me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's amazing how much time it consumes. This internet, this you know, oh, social yeah. media thing. Oh like, yeah. And it just sucks you in. Yeah, and your energy. Yeah. I think I have much lower level of energy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. For me, it creates confusion and it gets me out of the present moment. I felt like distracted. Yeah. And yeah. and kind of overload. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Instagram, I have like one photo of Africa and then another photo of like fashion and then something, and I'm just like, what? Where am I? Like, it's all over the world. It's everywhere. Yeah. It's after hundreds photo, you you are done. You are cooked. Yeah, completely. Oh. My brain is like, what? Where are we? Yeah. Yeah. I think we. Yeah, it's. So fasting from information. Oh, this is ah, because we're for. generally on information overload. Yeah. So I think it's very individual how to do it, but every no. every day a piece of uh, quiet space. Uh, yes, it's very good. Like morning practice I do, and and kind of yeah. with evening I have trouble. <laughs> me too. But morning is much easier for me to to have a practice. Actually, no. I, my evening, I manage to do it. I like journaling. Journaling really works well for me. Writing okay. down uh, three things that I think went really well that day, or mm-hmm. I feel they were good interactions mm-hmm. between me and other people, and three things I could have done better. Like if I noticed I uh, spoke badly, like negatively to somebody, or if I yeah, mm-hmm. I like to. I like to do a reflection at the end of the day. Reflection. That really helps. And to journal my different thoughts and ideas. Okay, that's interesting. Hmm. Yeah, but the information detox is really important. I mean, just, you're talking, I mean, you're listening to two people who barely follow the news. I will be very open with that. We really, both of us, barely follow what's happening in the world. (laughs) Yeah. And I've been doing this for years, and and I thought I would be completely disconnected from humanity, and I'm not. Do you know why? Because I chat with my friends and family, and they always end up telling me what's happening anyway. (laughs) So I basically do follow the news. However, I don't have to do it on my own time. Mm -hmm. I can do it while while in a relationship with somebody that's close to me. Yeah, exactly. And it's filtered through a a person that I care about, so that works for me. I don't know. Mm Yeah. Maybe I have no original opinions at this point, but <laughs> but who cares? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good. Okay. So we cover interesting topic yeah. for abundance to fasting. I see. This uh, is so funny. You're right. That to feel abundance, we have we need to fast and uh, yeah. have less for a while. Food or uh, comfort. It's like that saying: you only appreciate what you don't have, or you only appreciate it once you lose it. Yeah, yeah, I know this thing, and I think it's right. Yeah. Yeah, so how to be rich? How to be rich (coughs) is to intelligently dose, right? It's very ironic. For a while, at least. Yeah. 
How to be rich is to be comfortable with being poor for a while. Yes, sounds like contradiction, but but yeah, it's I think very important. Uh, it's like cake. If you eat cake every single day, a you're gonna get fat. I mean, mm-hmm. sorry to be so blunt, but you're not gonna feel good, and you're not gonna appreciate the cake as much. Yeah. Because after a while, you'll be like, meh. It's boring. Yeah. I guess. Not so good. I've had it every day for a month. Yeah. Or you have this, uh, you know, addiction. Yeah. That is not so nice to have. Yes. <laughs> Because you're enslaved. This And then, if you have no cake, it's a drama. Well, yeah, it's a whole other level. This is another level of be free and uh, happy. Right. It's hard to imagine you are happy if you are not free. If you're addicted. Yeah. It's a necessary. It's a kind of yeah. obligation of yeah. your mind, your body. So you cannot enjoy actually your life. I think. Yeah. The less you enjoy, the more addicted you are. So true. And But the other thing that comes to me for anyone listening who is with a partner or with a family, fasting is a great thing to do in together. And I say this uh, from my own experience and also living in Senegal, observing Ramadan, the Islamic month of fasting. It's such a community strength building exercise. So imagine you do that stoic exercise of sleeping on the floor and eating oatmeal and wearing a simple shirt for three days. Imagine the whole family does this together. It could be really fun. Yeah, and you know, I think and so. you know, like it's it's actually easier also when you do these things together. Fasting is easier together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good. Huh. <laughs> okay. Interesting abundance well, through fasting, guys. That's the. Uh, <clears throat> that's interesting. Yeah, and less less activity or less thinking, or more well thinking. Yeah, being more and more present in the moment. What how whatever works for you <clears throat> to stay present in the moment. As long as it doesn't I hurt other people. Yeah. Just a little conclusion could be that be aware of your thoughts. I, I, it took me time to to understand that that kind of I would say thoughts build my reality or my emotional reality, my, mm-hmm. my respond to to the world. So be a, being aware of thoughts is like a very key issue to to be happy actually. Yeah. Because if we have a beautiful family and you know very supportive mother, father, and and we have pretty nice uh, subconscious background, uh, that's okay. That's mm. you, you can forget about any you know self development or searching. You're just happy and you enjoy life. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's not the case for most of 99% us. Ninety-nine percent of us. Yeah. Maybe, I don't know no, about the percentage, the but if it is not, it's. So worth to to be aware of this thought and don't put the feel into this negative or destructive or destructive. Uh, <laughs> destructive. Yeah. Now, when you see a point. thought that that you'd rather not have, be like, okay, thank you, I see you, and then be like, I'd like to replace you with this. Um, you know, I'd like to invite something else into my garden, into my inner world. Yeah, I mean just thought topic and this is this is another huge topic so i think for another podcast we actually end up talking a little bit about it every podcast yeah <laughs> but, but this this is the key i think it Be, is being aware but it's not so easy to change the thoughts i i cannot say i can control my thoughts no i no. just can put more fuel to them or or not or less fuel have more distance or less distance See? to it we've got a wasp in the house 
Yeah. Sorry, guys. We're going to have to wrap it up. Yeah. Got a bit of a wasp situation. Yeah. Yeah. It looks more serious this today. Yeah. (laughs) This is fun. Yeah. See you soon. See you.